and welcome to the Golden Rod Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connie. This week, we're discussing uh, the Master Ball coming to Pokemon Go, as well as potentially Generation 9 Mons. Which Pokemon are coming to Scarlet and Violet's Terror Raids, and when they're taking place. And finally, a Japanese store is banning adults from buying Pokemon cards. As always, you can jump to a topic using the timestamps in the description below. Connie, have you finally gotten rid of that fly? I, I hope so. It might be about here still. And if anybody's watching on the YouTube channel, you may see me uh, just chasing this thing around my room, or you may hear a dog chasing around the room because I am dog sitting for the weekend. And by the weekend, it is now Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, it is Wednesday. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Your dog's sitting for the weekend and, and it's Wednesday. So either the dog's early or the dog's late. The, do the, 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 the dog stuck around for a little while. Aww. A friend of mine is moving and they were like, can you look after the dog while we're moving so he's not under our feet? And I was like, of course I can. He's like my best mate. I love him dearly. And every day I've got a phone call going, can, can you just keep him for... We're not, we're not ready yet. <laughs> we're not in. We're nowhere near ready to have him back here. And I'm like, that's fine. So he's just hanging oh, out. He's having a great time. That's cute. See, like, if you, if you were serious about the Gormor podcast, you'd have the dog with you here so we can, like, you know, get people. People like dogs. People will leave a like for a dog. Oh, should I? Should I? All right, give me a second. Okay. See, see, folks, this is why you need to... Oh, it's only there. <laughs> oh, this is the cutest dog ever. This is Kevin. He is a purebred <laughs> chihuahua, and he is fat and chubby, and I love him. Oh, there is something cute about it. And he's clearly dog. camera shy, so I'm going to let him go. <laughs> oh, bye-bye. Oh, maybe it's me. Maybe that's what it is. See, that, if that's not worth leaving a review on Spotify or <laughs> iTunes, please do. Um, let's jump into the first piece of news this week. Finally, after... I, I can't even think how long Pokemon Go has been going for now. Six, seven years? Something Eight years? like that. Um, we're finally getting the Master Ball. Um, now, it's uh, it's part of a special research that is going to be available in June. And if you complete the research, you'll get a Master Ball as one of the rewards. Now, just like the mainland games, this is a instant catch 100% going to catch the Pokemon of your choice which makes it weird why they've taken so long to implement this but I understand why because like this is something this is big right like there's a reason why everyone loves the Master Ball why when you watch people play Pokemon content and they get a Master Ball in a randomized version it's always on the thumbnail it's always in the the title because people love the Master Ball but I must say I don't love the fact that this is coming to this game. So I, my biggest worry with the Master Ball coming to go is can I miss? Like, do you have to do the circle thing? Can, or can, can I miss? Can I, can, I, can I miss the throw? So I think because, it's, because Pokemon Go is so similar to Let's Go in the catching mechanic, it'll work the same way. So for those of you that haven't played that, when you select the Master Ball in... Uh, let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee. You don't throw it. It's literally, you go into your item, you select it, and then you use it. Uh, and you're supposed to use it against the Mewtwo and you get a custom animation where Mewtwo bats it back. I think it'll be the same thing where it'll be, okay, 
he is the master ball, however you select that on the UI, and then it'll be, do you want to use this? Yes or no? And then you'll use it. I th And it'll be a 100% catch rate. I, I don't think it'll be... Because then you get the nonsense of a Pokemon roaring or flapping its wings or suddenly shooting up it like into the sky, something like that, and you lose the Master Ball. But from what I've read online, this doesn't look like it's going to be a everyone gets one Master Ball and then it's done and dusted. It's looking more like, oh, these are going to be rewards for certain parts of the game. Possibly Res the research... So I've got it here. Receiving a rare and powerful Master Ball is a special occasion. Think wisely about how you'll use it and keep a lookout for future opportunities in Pokemon Go to acquire more. So I don't know if you, you know this, but one of the things, one of the most difficult Pokemon to catch at the moment are the Galarian birds. So Yes, because they show up on screen. You have to hit them really quickly and then they can run away almost immediately. So the the chance of you catching them so the catch rate is 0.3 percent and they are very likely to flee after just one or two attempts i've only ever encountered two of them and both of them escaped let's be honest it, it feels almost like let's put the catch rate really low and infuriate trainers and then present them with an opportunity to definitely catch one and to start with it's going to be free I I think these are going to be added in they some should, way. They to the should shop. never be available to buy. I agree, but I don't completely trust Niantic with this decision. Okay, I, I I'm I'm actually going to fight you on this one. I don't think these should ever ever be able to buy, and I think they know that they should never be available okay. in a shop. Okay, they may in future be part of paid events. There'll be a reward for a paid event. And it may turn out that after this free one that everyone gets, they're only part of paid events, which is where the money squeeze comes in. But you should mm -hmm. never, ever be able to buy these outright. Okay. So, I, so, okay. So what's the difference between those two? Because you, because, and I'm just coming like devil's advocate almost like you're paying for both of them. The shop, if it was just available in the shop, is a, you can just buy a Master Ball. I imagine it's cheaper than... Okay, let, at the next Pokemon Go tour event that's 30-odd pounds, you get one. Because there's a value to the Master Ball that is inherent within the name. As you say, even in randomizers where they are just lying on the ground, they're still valuable because the Master Ball is supposed to be one of a kind per game. And that scarcity, that rarity can't be... Uh, can't be overlooked and if you put him in the shops people can just buy them okay so it's a it's so I and guess it completely your unbalances then, the game and makes it yes. way more pay to win than it already is yeah so i guess you're what the point you're making this is what i was trying to figure out is like if it's in the shop you can get oh the whales going every month i'm gonna buy 10 of them and i'm gonna do the raids and i'm guaranteed to catch them where if, if it's events there's a way that Niantic can limit it and go, well, we're only doing three events this year and therefore you only get one every yeah. four months. Rather, You than have an option yes. to possibly get three Master Balls a year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the scarcity is still there and it means that they're not completely unbalancing the raids. They're not completely unbalancing how or who can catch Pokemon instantly and things like that. 
I, th I think if you could buy a Master Ball, that's why you can't buy Master Balls in game. Because if you could, it would just, it, it would take out all the fun. Yeah, agreed. Part of the fun of getting a Master Ball is, like say, it's that rare item where I've got one Master Ball, but there's several legendaries in this game. And I know I'm going to use it on one of them, but then the question is like, which one are you going to... And, and like when you play randomized, it's, you get a Master Ball on early game, but you, you hold on to that Master Ball for as long as, a, as you can. And you still try to catch other legendaries with Ultra Balls, but then there gets a point where you're like, nah, Master Ball time. And it, yeah. it's a, there's a feeling behind it. And what I am hoping with this is that it's one of those occasions where Niantic understands it and goes... Let's not just throw it out there. Anyone can buy them at any time. That's what I'm hoping. Again, going off what they say right here again, I'll read it. Receiving a rare and powerful Master Ball is a special occasion. Mm. So it says there you have to receive it. You can't just buy it. And it's a special occasion. Mm. It's not going to happen all the time. You're not going to get in these on a weekly basis. I, I Again, I am leaning more towards the idea that you might have once a year you can get them for free events and then three or four times a year you can do them in paid events. I could see yeah. that being the case. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I I really hope that Niantic with this, like I hope that the, the point of rolling this out is, you know what, let's continue to develop Pokemon Go and bring new and exciting features to it to help it to to grow and bring people coming back to it. But the skeptic in me is thinking, oh, we've had a lot of bad press lately. Let's do something to get people back on side. And how do we do that? Hey, here's something that you've never seen before in Pokemon Go, and it's yours for free. But unfortunately, what we do know is that Niantic with Pokemon Go like to take things away from us. And part of that might be it's free now, but after this one, if you ever want one, it's it's paid in some way. Time will tell, but like I will. They give haven't. Them they haven't earned our trust. Yes, exactly. But they I haven't will give earned the, the benefit of the doubt here. No, but I will give them credit that they're finally doing something else with the Pokeballs because for too long it's been Pokeball, Great Ball, Ultra Ball, Premier Ball for the raids, um, and that's it. Like. I want some of the other Pokeballs in this game. And I kind of understand why, because it could get a bit cluttered, especially with the UI. But I would love to see them bring in some of the other ones, like a Dusk Ball for nighttime makes it easier to catch. Some kind of Pokeball that makes it easier for, um, you know, um, early stage Pokemon or late stage Pokemon. You could have a Netball for, you know, if, you, if the Pokemon is in water or near a lake or something like that. So... You know, at least they are trying something because since the start of the game, it has been those three balls and that's all we've had. See, as someone who's constantly quitting the game because I keep having to buy more storage in my bag. No. Yeah, okay. Okay. No. I get that. I get that. <laughs> yeah, the, the like for me, it's not... So the item storage now, I have bought that many spaces that item storage isn't a problem. And typically I'm at the point now where... Every couple of months, I have to just remove most of my Pokeballs and just leave the Great Ball and Ultra Ball. Yeah. To the point where I've got something like 500 Ultra Balls. It's the Pokemon storage that is doing my head in at the moment because I've got like 1,500 or something like that. 
And I'm every every couple of months, I'm like, right, I need to go through and sort out this Pokemon. But I don't play it enough to really care. Well, what um, you should do is pay for Pokemon Home and then offload them into that. So, uh, so I, I have done, but the basic box is full. <laughs> so now I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not paying for Pokemon Home. One, I'll pay for Pokemon Home once Scarlet and Violet compatibility is added because then I can bring over the Pokemon, complete the, the living decks that I've got going on, but I'll only pay for one month and that will include moving all the shinies from Pokemon Go over to there and then I won't touch it again until Gen 10, I'd imagine. Fair enough. I can't I can't argue with that. That's, that's no. tactical. Nope. But something else that is coming to Pokemon Go, uh, data miners have uh, dissected the latest version of Pokemon Go and discovered a list of Pokemon that have been added to the back end of the latest version. Uh, basically, most of the Gen 9 Pokemon, 99 Pokemon in total, and I don't know how many we've got in the actual uh, Scarlet and Violet uh, Pokedex, but it includes the usuals. It includes the starters, so Fuecoco, Quaxley, and Sprigatito. Uh, the legendary Pokemon that you can get, Maridon and Coridon, as well as the Paradox forms and alternative forms for currently existing Pokemon, such as Tauros. 110. Typing. Ah, so we've not got all of them then interesting no so what i imagine is you're missing most of the paradox pokemon you said they're adding 90 and that leaves about 20 missing yeah that's all the paradox pokemon other than iron valley and, and roaring moon there you go that explains that that feels to me like like they've done with a lot of the pokemon legendaries is they they need a way to if they give you everything all at once you're going to do it and then not come back to it. Oh, no, need... this does say you've got uh, Great Tusk, Screamtail, Brute Bonnet, Fluttermane, Slitherwing. They're all there. Okay. Wonder what's then missing, I don't then. know. They've even got Wochien, Champao, Tinglu, Chiyu. They're all there. The way you rolled them off your tongue then was absolutely beautiful. As someone I've been working really only... hard. <laughs> someone that's only ever read them and not pronounced them, and I knew them as like goldfish, slug, <laughs> deer thing. It's like it's good to hear those pronunciations. Um, being, so I think like before everyone gets excited, all this means is that they've put some of the information in the back end. That doesn't mean we're getting them anytime soon. We still haven't got all the Generation 8 Pokemon, have we? Um, no. I don't even think we've got all the Gen 7 Pokemon that's, yet. That's what I was thinking as well, because they, they did a lot to catch up really quickly and then got, right, we need to kind of, you know, put the brakes on. Because if you give everyone all the Pokemon, like what's there left to do outside of probably shiny hunting and then if people enjoy the competitive um, aspect. But I must admit, like, it, feel, it feels really weird to be thinking about the Gen 9 Pokemon on a mobile Pokemon Go screen and, like, you know, throwing the Pokemon. It feels too soon. Yeah, I agree with you. Considering that, you know, we only had the Generation 1 Pokemon when Generation 6 came out, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's caught up really quickly. It felt like they were going slowly, doing generation by generation by generation. And now it's Pokemon Go is so big and so profitable that there it's being caught up in the marketing wheel. Mm -hmm. It is mm -hmm. it is used as much as anything else to push the new the new Pokemon to push the new merchandise. So it's a case of no get, get those new ones in there. 
Yeah, yeah. If, the, I... if this is the only way people are actually interacting with the Pokemon franchise, we need them interacting with the new stuff. Yeah, and I think they'll do what they did with Generation um, 7 and 8, where they don't just go, right, all the new Pokemon are in there. They roll them out in batches. So you get like mini releases within each generation. And that's a way that they can... Because exp- ultimately, what they, what they, what Pokemon Go haven't done yet and what they will never do is have it to the point where you can complete the full Pokedex in Pokemon Go because there will be a subsection of plays that once they do that, they just go... I'm done. Like, and the, the reason I think that is because I remember all the articles that came out back in the day when Pokemon Go first came out, and like they were interviewing the first people to complete the Pokedex minus the legendaries. Yeah. And there is a subset of people that will absolutely love that. They'll go, I've completed the Pokedex, I'm done and dusted. I never have to like that's my challenge, my achievement. I'm done. I can I can move away from this game. So of course they're gonna want to they're going to want to take their time rolling these out but i must admit i am surprised that this information's already been like come out i i thought we had another year before they even thought about that before we even thinking about gen 9 pokemon in this game yeah it's it, it seems quick but again the actual release of them won't be no oh no they'll 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 string this out for as long as Possible. I'm trying to think, is there anything in Gen 9 that has a ridiculous evolution uh, system that Pokemon Go is going to mess up? My 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 immediate thought was Ursaluna. Do you remember how, <laughs> the how troubled issue. it was with Ursaluna trying to get it done at full moon? Oh, um, oh I'm trying to think. So you've got... Uh, walking. There few, well, there's, walking, there's a bunch of them that evolve via walking now, but that's which is e- super easy to implement. You'd think they'd be able to implement that. Um, so, like the tumbleweed Pokemon, I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called. Even Bramblegast. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. That might be what it evolves into. One of them is Bramblegast. One of them. Way. Uh, there's the Pormot evolution line. The last one yep. is walking as well. How do you evolve Dunsparce? Oh, it's a move, isn't it? I it's think hyper drill, hyper drill, drill run, hyper drill. Not drill run. Hyper drill then. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else there was that had quirky evolutions in that game. And I can see Con is so good at this. Ah, he's just always typing. I can see him. Um, see, now I need to... Oh. Uh, no, these are all new types, new evolutions. No, g- give me the new style of evolution. Uh, oh. There's like the, the get annihilate. You have to use the move a bunch of times. Mm. So some of these will be it's really strange actually because some of the some of the way that they do moves in Pokemon Go doesn't lend itself well to it. Is Tandemouse yeah. just Tandemouse is just Tandemouse level, just isn't it? Tandemouse just evolves in your party. Yeah. If you just really... leave it there long enough, it'll just breed. Mm. I'm pretty sure. What else is there? Cerulege and Armor Rouge. Are we going to get new items again? New items, definitely, definitely. Um, Ballybot's just a Thunderstone. It's it is mainly like like. Can Pokemon... we evolve the Gimme Ghoul? Because we got Roaming Gimme Ghoul at the moment, haven't we? Bingo. Yeah. Can you I think... evolve Roaming Gimme Ghoul into Goldengo? I think they might keep them separate. I yeah. honestly think that is going to be. 
if you if you if you want a certain version, you have to play a certain one of the games because I must admit, getting that gimme ghoul was an absolute. It wasn't a nightmare. It was just time consuming. Yeah, and I imagine that's something that they kind of want to keep in the game. Um, oh, how do you evolve the Fragorif? It's a move again, isn't it? Yeah, Twin Beam. Uh, so that's staying the same. King Gambit might be an interesting one. King Gambit, that is a good shout because you have to take out the squad leaders. Yes. Mm. Um, that hold the leaders' rest. That is going to be a really quirky one. I mean, I'd be interested to see what they do. And what I do want is I want more with it. Like, it's one of the things where, like, at the time, they annoyed me, but I quite like a lot of the quirky evolution methods in the mainline Pokemon game because it gives a bit of personality to the Pokemon. Like, um, you know, um, Sligu evolves only when it's raining. Or um, what was the what was the Pokemon Inky, was it? That Inky, where you had to flip it upside down. Like, stuff like that. I absolutely, I love those kind of things. And I get that it's a little bit of busy work, but I like, because it adds to the Pokemon's personality. And Pokemon Go, unfortunately, strips some of that out when a lot of them are, yeah, just, just become friends, just go for a lot of walking. And I'm like, I'm sick and tired of the walking ones because I don't do that much walking. Um, and I don't want to have to, okay, I've got a friend, I've got to wait like three months before this Pokemon even can think about evolving so give us more give us more quirky evolutions please and i'd be interesting to know how they're going to do palafin as well because i don't yes because that's because that you have to have it'll be a buddy system yes because you have to use the friendship mode that's it'll basically have to walk with you so long as your buddy i think they might Um, i'm just having a look at the. i'm just having a look at this leak as well it does say Annihilate, Farigaraf, the Dunsparce, and King Gambit are all in it. So they have oh, okay. they have done it somehow. So we're getting them. We are getting them one way or another. I'm going to have a double check. Nope, there's Palafin. Finizen and Palafin. Oh, so they're both there as well. They're there as well. And then we're going to get here. It'd be interesting to know how they do the hero form. Because it, it it doesn't function this like so like obviously in Pokemon Go at the moment, we've got Megas and they just use a, a new type of candy. But they, it's not a mega. It's a you switch it out, switch it back in. So, but then we don't have abilities in the game. No. Mm, but it interesting. feels like it needs to be in. I'm really like this is what Pokemon Go should be doing. Like I wish they'd have gone down the route of let's give more of these Pokemon quirky evolutions that aren't just either do a load of walking or just use a stone. Like I find them them really boring. I want more quirky things about it. Like for example, a sunken could have been, um, like, you know, making your body on a really warm day or when the weather's like sunny. Yeah. Like they they should have done more of this quirky stuff, which would get people like they want to do is get them out and about. Like do do those quirky things. Like <laughs> evolve <laughs> evolve a dragon Pokemon in a hurricane. You know <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> encouraging people to do unsafe practices there yeah no but they give the warning you see so that, so it's up to people all right to give yeah as warning, long as you yeah. watch where you're going a hurricane's yeah, fine that's fine you don't get to people's property yeah, absolutely <laughs> fine like, like you know evolve an ice pokemon in a hailstorm like come on pokemon like get out on. get out in the blizzard you coward 
evolve, evolve your whale into a whale lord by swimming 10, <laughs> 10 kilometers out to sea. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Oh. You've got to hook. You've got to hook it up to the external uh, weight um, scales, and then put on so much weight to become whale lord. Even though that, that really doesn't work, because whale lord's not heavy. It's, it's, it's just, really light. It's just massive. It's just... <laughs> Let's move on to the next piece of news. So, uh, the next five star terror raids uh, for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have been announced the the event will be available throughout may the 19th to the 22nd great tusk will appear as a terror raid pokemon uh terror raid pokemon for players that own pokemon scarlet while iron treads will appear for owners of pokemon violet and i am prepared this time connor the terror types are randomized which is nice. yeah which is which is interesting and it's cool i don't really care <laughs> just all right so on a thing of would it be cool to get lots of different terror types yeah sure but is this as interesting as different starters coming to the game no sorry yeah so i have a question for you then mm -hmm. on a scale i'm trying to think how to word this so how you feel about terror raids at the moment Mm -hmm. And they're constantly doing these terror raid events. How you feel about that? Is it the same as when they were constantly rolling new Pokemon into the raid dens on Sword and Shield? Yeah, pretty much. Right. Okay. As so I said, I've said it a couple of times. I didn't care about raids until Dynamax, Dynamax Adventures. Adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which... And I understand that's a me thing. I understand yeah. that's a me thing. Okay. I know people who will show up every single week and they enjoy doing this i have people in my discord who are getting together still to this day teaming up they'll put strategies together and have the full list of what is meta to take things down i get it it's fun mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. five star raids i think most people will be able to do them on their own um yeah. see for me i i love the idea of having all the terror types for some of the Pokemon that I love. And there are two things stopping me from doing that. One is that I know what I'm like and I won't know where to draw the line to stop because then it'll be, well, I've got this Pokemon in all the terror types, but now I need to do that Pokemon with all the terror types. But the other thing that's stopping me is like, I know that gimmicks have, uh, they, they gimmicks Finite have, laugh spam. Yeah, they have a lot. Exactly. Exactly. And, like, if these Pokemon were like, oh, these Terra types, you'll be able to use them indefinitely. The next Pokemon game will have Terra types. The one after that will have Terra types. You can do it over and over again. I'd be like, sure, yeah, I want to catch more of these. But because I know that in two to three years' time, the Terra types will mean more than likely nothing. That's why I'm not getting involved in this. But I will admit, if I had a group of friends who. Also if I had like, a group of friends, just if I had friends, if I had friends, I'm sure I'd love Pokemon. But if I, had, if I had a group of friends who were doing this week in, week out, I could see myself going, okay, yeah, I'm completely on board with this. If if for nothing else, just to spend time with my buddies in Scarlet and Violet. But a lot of my a lot of the people that I know, um, either in real life or who play the Switch uh in my community have just moved on from Scarlet and Violet now and aren't doing these things, which means I have to do it on my own. And that just frustrates me because I hate playing with the AI. I mean, when are these coming out? 
these two? Do we know? Nineteenth to the twenty second. So, uh, so this weekend. I this weekend. This so weekend. do you think that these are purposely lame raids because everyone's still playing Tears of the Kingdom? Potentially. Um, you. And by lame, I mean they're Pokemon that were already in Paldea. Yeah, because like... I mean, I, it's I not like you can get Iron Treads in Scarlet and Great Tusk in Violet. You, yeah. You're not getting that crossover. Yeah, so like, I, I get your point because they wouldn't release like Walking Wake this, this close to another Nintendo game, which for all intents and purposes is breaking records in terms of before like reviews and then apparently it's selling really well i've not looked it up i haven't played it because I'm, i've only just start like started replaying the first one which i started in 2019 and i never completed it so i'm finally getting around to completing it but it does feel almost like a let's not fight an uphill battle if people are playing this other game let's just let's just let's just leave them out, to it leave them to it, bring out stuff just to tide people over and then once it's died down, right, what new Pokemon, what exciting things can can we bring to it? And I know that might sound daft because there'll, there'll be a people going, well, I'll just spend two two hours just playing Pokemon and getting these, these Terror Raids. But like for some of us that are grown up and That's have, not always have, an option. <laughs> have lives that revolve around work, family, hobbies, gym, everything else... You're right, Connor. It's, this is not an option. And I've got to make a choice between whether or not I sit and try and match up with randoms and, and I'm able to... I still didn't get one of the two Paradox Pokemon. I still don't have was, Iron Leaves. Maybe that's the one. I've got one of the two and I can't remember which one. And it was absolutely frustrating matching with randoms and I couldn't be bothered to reach out to people and do the other one. So anyway, yeah. So um, I want to see more exciting Pokemon in these Terra Rays to get me back in. I don't want to see the same old Pokemon. Yep, but, that's where I'm at. Yeah, um, let's let's move on to the next one, which um, is interesting. A Pokemon shop uh, in Japan has banned adults from buying Pokemon cards. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's this is, exactly what this, it sounds. Yeah, this is off the back of our announcement a couple of weeks ago that Japan is out of Pokemon cards. Yeah, it, it flat out ran out of them. So how do you do that? Do you print more cards? No, apparently if you're this shop, you just you just crack down. So it, Harry Yue, I've probably butchered that, two store in Tokyo has decided to crack down adults buying the news packs of cards by, I can't believe I'm saying this, introducing an age-restricted ban. Which probably means you have to show your ID the store Can will you... be conducting ID checks on customers wanting to buy Clay Burst and Snow Hazard booster packs. <laughs> and and they've also announced that kids will only be allowed to buy up to 10 packs a day. Do you not think the issue there isn't so much adults are buying them, it's the fact that children can buy up to 10 packs a day. Surely you just go, anyone can buy them, but you can only buy two packs a day. So given given arbitrary number, I don't know. Like this just feels like a really random. Let's ban the adults, but still allow children to buy ten. But <laughs> let's be honest with you: children probably can't afford ten packs, and are probably getting money from the adults anyway. So you know, back in the day when, like outside high school, you'd always have the kids going to like grown. Like, could you go in and get us 
get some fags. Like this is going to be the opposite of <laughs> way cigarettes, <laughs> cigarettes, cigarettes. That means cigarettes. Cigarette me, yes, yes. In the UK, that means cigarettes. Sorry, I'm going back to when I was 15 years old. But do you not think this is going to be the opposite now, where we have adults outside the shotgun? Hey kid, hey kid, just just bite me one pack. Go on, just one, <laughs> just, just my pack. please, please. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, is just, this is just really weird. Anyway, so um, Kotaku apparently reached out to one of the store managers um, to basically find out a little bit more about the decision around this. And they said, many shops exhaust their entire stock as soon as they go on sale. And people act... Uh, this is a direct quote. People active late at night or early in the morning always seem to buy. By allocating half-hour stock for general customers, shops can continue to sell to students and young children. Selling to children not only pleases them, but their parents as well. This method of sales <laughs> enables us to satisfy the greatest number of customers when the items are in such limited supply. Like, this whole thing just seems like They've overcomplicated a pretty easy decision. Do you know what's funny is the fact that this strikes me as somebody who's had one too many Karens come up to them and be like, my oh, child can't buy the children's card game. It's like, fine, what? we'll make it only for children then. Only yeah. children can buy. And I'll tell you my biggest issue with this. I actually kind of like the idea. I think it's stupid. I don't think it's going to work. But I like the <laughs> idea of, you know, Letting kids have some fun as well and not just allow all the adults who are mostly scalpers, let's face facts, just come in, spend hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, and just buy up all the stock. I understand that. But did you ever used to get the bus when you were about 15 and you'd walk on and say, can I have a child's ticket, please? And they go, no, you're not a child. It's like, no, I am a child. Prove it. I need your ID. Uh I'm 15! I don't have ID! <laughs> I'm 15! Why would I have ID? What do I need ID for? To prove that I can't do things that other people can do? <laughs> uh, let me pull out my provisional. I'm not old enough to have! <laughs> so... <laughs> can't wait to see how it goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can understand why they've done it, though, because I've got, I've got a tweet here uh, from the Pokemon Deals community. Um, so the Japanese case of Clayburst is asking for an asking price of $2,400. Oof. And a Snow Hazard and Clayburst case, so the two of them together, uh, asking price of $3,600. So I can understand. It is absolutely ridiculous. I can understand why. Shops are probably because for shops, it must be really annoying that like they've obviously got some kind of deal contract, whatever it is, with the with the you know the Pokemon company to okay, right, we we will pay X amount of money for the cards and then we add X amount of profit on top of it to sell them on. And they're and not then, allowed what what we don't we need remember is they're not allowed to go over a certain price. Yep. So that they, would be part of the contract. Yep. Which is why, like outside of occasional sales they are all they're all the same price no matter where you, where you go but it must be infuriating as like an owner of one of these businesses going okay well i can only sell it for this much and yet bob down the road can come in buy a case and then add you know what a thousand percent in terms of the mm. price on top of it so like i can understand why these shops are probably thinking right how can we shut them down 
but retain our sales. Yeah. And I get, and I get the frustration. I, I, I'd be frustrated. And like, I think parents must be frustrated as well, which is probably part of the reason. Like, I, I get why he was saying about, you know, se- it's a really bad quote. Like, Santa children not only pleases them, but their parents as well. But I guess that's what they're trying to get at is, listen, we're not the bad guys here. The, the bad guys are the people that are, you know, buying them and then signing on for a huge markup rather than just going, just let people enjoy themselves. And, and... Which I don't think anybody's going to disagree with. No, no, that's not a hot take. No. <laughs> I, I, I still don't think this will work. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you can enforce this. No, I think it'll fall apart really quick. It, it feels like one of those ideas where we've got an idea, let's communicate about the idea and what we're doing, and then on day one, they kind of go, yeah, we didn't think this through all the way. Like We didn't like strategically think of all the little things that could happen and cause issues with this. You're still asking the 18-year-old behind the stall to be like, oh, yeah, sorry, can I have your ID, 12-year-old? Yeah. No. Oh, okay, then fine. Whatever. Yes. Some of which, like, and I've encountered <laughs> people like this that they work in a store, a, a you know, a, a multi billion pound store, and they're paid minimum wage. Like, there's only so much they are going to care. And then just think, whatever. And I had it when I had it in McDonald's when they were doing the Happy Meal promotion packs, and they were like, you could buy, you could buy. You were told you could buy one extra one with every Happy Meal. And I bought a Happy Meal. I said, can I buy some packs? He's like, how many do you want? I'm like, how many can I have? <laughs> and he gave me about four or five. And I was like, okay, baby. Yeah, I'll do. Thank you. Like some of them just don't don't care. So I, I don't think this is going to, to work. But the, something does need to be done about people that are... What's the, what's the term for them? Scalping. Scalping. Right, okay. Yeah, so it do, it does seem as well that this is only half their stock that is being allocated to be sold like this. The rest of it is still available as per. Oh, really? See, that to me is almost, I, I say better. It, it almost seems like a way that they are trying to appease everybody and maintain control over the situation, which, which makes me feel a bit better about it. Yeah. Should we move on to Pokemon Ultimate Journeys? Let's do it. The last... Well, we're coming towards the end of the series. Yes. So the way that we're going to do it is there's four episodes left. We're going to cover two this week, which are Go's episodes. So Ash isn't in them. And then next week, it's the final two episodes of Pokemon Ultimate Journeys and the conclusion of Ash and Go's journeys together. And then in the future, at some point, we will be um, disc- watching and discussing the episode, the farewell episodes to Ash, which are 12 episodes, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Road to be a master. They are still coming out on a weekly basis. So so they're not all out yet. Are they no. out in Japan? Yes, they've all been done in okay. Japan. Right, um, okay. But they have basically been dubbed and that season is currently airing on TV. I'm looking forward to eventually watching that, but that's not what you get this week, folks. This week, you get back-to-back Go episodes. Episode 39, The Mew From Here. I know do we want to are... talk about these as two separate episodes or a single I one? I do. I do want to talk about these two okay. as two separate episodes because they, they are 
<laughs> even though they're going on the same journey, it feels very much like it's a journey of two halves. Okay, and interesting. So just to kind of set the scene, Go has been tasked with heading to Faraway Island. I wonder how they came up with this very original name. And hey, Faraway Island is actually what it's called in the game. Where is it? In Pokemon Emerald, you can go to Faraway Island <coughs> and you find Mew there and you find the message from uh, Fuji, who's like, anybody who steps here, I hope they're kind hearted and not a massive turd like me and don't kidnap this Pokemon and do terrible experiments on it and clone it and stuff like that. Okay, well, I'll take that comment back then. If it's based on the game, I'm happy with it. Um, so here on the island, they're, ve they're sensing very strong psychic energy and they believe that Mew is there and they're going to basically get to the top of this, find the Mew. Um, along the way, we have an issue where their technology fades which is really weird that it just affects everything but it also and this is something that i never considered it affects the pokeballs as well yeah so, so it was really fun seeing this having now played scarlet and violet where that was the first time i'd seen your pokeball get locked up yeah and shut down yeah. which which makes sense do wonder what happens to the pokemon inside them when the device goes off just in internal damnation just uh, <laughs> I, I was on a nice like oh he just had a power cut oh no what a shame but you're like no they just go to hell for a bit i just imagine it's like <laughs> it shrinks down it goes dark there's nothing in there but they're aware of their mortality and existence just existentialism kicks in nice yeah yeah and you just like eventually the balls work the pokemon comes out and it just sits there screaming rocking backwards and forwards like what is life <laughs> what is existence <laughs> But obviously it's a okay. children's show. <laughs> uh, we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously it's a children's show. So that, that doesn't happen. We just don't cover it. We don't even consider it. We don't even think about it. Anyway, so the technology fades and we're left with three Pokemon. A Weavile, Azumarill, and Grookey. And we get an adventure where they're trying to reach the top of the mountain by climbing up, which... Like, can we just say, like... They, like these these kids because they are kids they're like, all kids are the one adult in the team stays back at base yes and the, the, they're like just yeah go on you go off because they're expendable that's why he's the bad guy i'm telling you now <laughs> i could i could I, I was waiting for the twist and it never came yeah like that yeah yeah um Sorry, I'm thinking whether or not I want to discuss that in this episode or next episode but like it almost felt to me like the mid so Okay, so they get to the top, um, and they've had to split up. It's the land of time forgot. There's loads of fossil Pokemon here, and we get a bit of background on some people claiming Mew was benevolent and others that wasn't. And then the 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 end of this episode, so almost the twist, I thought was going to be ah, this team isn't what it was set up to do. Like they're trying to capture Mew because they they're aware that Mewtwo exists and. There is, you know, technology has improved and maybe there's a way they can genetically clone it again or something like that. But no, the twist is we just run into Groudon and Kyogre. Yeah, which kind of come out of nowhere. It very much come out of nowhere. And I don't, yeah. the only thing I can think of is that the only part that is like, like alluding to it or kind of setting it up is, 
oh, this is this is the land that time forgot, basically. There are fossil Pokemon here that haven't been resurrected. They've just existed here. And, oh, there's these ancient legendary Pokemon. Well, it's kind of hinted at a lot more in the next episode that this is the birthplace of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, the faraway island actually came from space is a singular meteor that crashed down and from it came all life oh and the world adapted and developed around it and do we think mew was on that meteor and mew is because mew is the ancestor of all pokemon mew is the birthplace of all pokemon as is faraway island i like i actually like that idea uh, you know Which what, is I... why you have Groudon and Kyogre, the creators of land, the creators of sea, that then shaped the world outside of this island. Oh, so it started there and then life... Like, Of course, it's not actually Groudon and Kyogre, as we later find out, but... Sorry, yeah, no, you're right, absolutely right. I completely forgot about that because... The, 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 so let, let's jump into the next episode. In episode 14, the palm of our hands. So it picks up from the previous episode and uh, the two teams are able to basically not even fight back against the what we think are Groudon and Kyogre. Like, Groudon decides to just walk off after Blue challenges it for some reason. Blue stands yeah, Blue, up to Blue, it. like, swings in on a rope and throws some water at it because he hasn't got access to any of his Pokemon. Yeah. He just throws a cup of water at it, and Groudon's like, oh, what would you do I'm that laughing. for? I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, you big because bully. I, and I don't know whether or not they do this on purpose. It's played off for laughs, or it's just because, like, oh, we haven't got a lot of time for animation. But, like, the water goes uh, on Groudon, and then it just kind of steams off, but Groudon's facial expression just doesn't change, as if yeah. it's just like, wait, did this human... <laughs> did this human just do that? Like, are we serious right now? Um, the ground on, yeah, just walks off. And Kyogre, and I kid you not, is beaten back by Grookey using Woodhammer for, I believe, the first time. The first time. time has to be the first time. Which is, is nice because it's like, you know, it's coming to Go's rescue. And Kyogre and Groudon run off and then meet in the same area. Bump heads, there's a flash. And, and then they're both Mew. They're both Mew, which I... The same Mew. Not the, multiple yes. Mew. They, Mew transformed into two Pokemon. Yeah. And... Like... He, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, I, I know that Mew can transform into other Pokemon. I'm completely on board with that, and I get that. But nowhere in lore or, you know... It's never been stated that Mew can separate into multiple Pokemon. And the only... Sorry, I was just about to say, but the only way I can think this works is maybe Mew was one of the Pokemon and did that those that elements of the story and then came back and transformed into the other legendary, but... That no, work they because they see up. them. We yeah, exactly. So so that doesn't work. Either. So I so it's just one of those things where Pokemon anime does what Pokemon anime does, where they show something... That asks but, more questions than it answers. <laughs> yes, and we don't... Like, why not just have two Mews there? Like, a shiny and a normal, maybe, or something like that. But, like, yeah. like that's a way to get a, around it and, it, and it helps to... For me, I'm okay with that, because I know that for some people, like, the legendaries are one of a kind, which is the case in the games, in an individual game, but there is so much, like, in the, in the anime... 
Like, we have seen multiple legendaries and baby forms of the legendaries. Like, I'm okay with seeing a second Mew because Mew is just the ancestor of all Pokemon. That doesn't mean it was the only one. Yeah, even the journeys we saw a Celebi and a shiny Celebi. Yeah, like, I'm okay with that. Like, like, sure, like and then that would have just solved that issue. Mm. And it would have been, okay, right, there's two Mews on there. And, like, wouldn't that have been a more exciting story where Go is suddenly like, I thought there was only one. All this time I've been tracking one and there's two? Like, in the excitement and, like... I don't like, think that would work towards the ending that they go for here, which is Go reaches out and is like, hey, we've met before. Yeah, agreed. Do you remember? Agreed. But that... <laughs> But like if like that only works like you say if if Mew is the only one because you imagine if that Mew is some another Mew and it's just like wait you what? you racist <laughs> think we all you think we all look the same so so after after they get to the top and Mew appears they touch a crystal and we get the scene that you mentioned where. We don't just see the creation of Earth. We see, like, creation of the universe, the galaxy, the rock yep. coming to Earth. And um, all the characters experience this. And the crystals apparently contain memories. Which, again, like, opens up more... I have a lot more questions about this than it, it doesn't even answer. It's just like, yeah, the, the crystals have memories. Like... Okay, which is a, a cool concept. I really enjoy that concept. Are you going to explain anything more? No, they don't. They don't explore it nearly enough because, like, the blue girl. I, I literally cannot remember the name. I think one of the guys is called Quillidin, but that's yeah, also a Pokemon's name, right. so it's, it's Quillin. Quillin, something like that. Yeah, Quillin and Blue Girl. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yep. She like touches the rock, and it loses its glow, and then all the rocks lose their glow. And there's a little joke of like, "Did I do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh no." And then all the Pokemon get really angry and start fighting yeah. each other, who had all showed up to be like, ooh, rocks. Yeah. And none of this is ever explained as to what's happening. Are are humans a virus? Are we the virus? Are we a problem? <laughs> and can like, I just... I'm fine with that's the answer. I just need to know. Yeah. And it's the fact that, like, I don't know a lot about people that research, that discover that, like, their whole career is based around i just want to discover but i like to think that people that do go out and do that know not to go around touching things that they aren't sure what they are and what they do like you've just been given this this like this memory this flashback which is obviously feels like it's legit because all of them experience if it was just one of the experiences that you'd be like oh that that was it was a hallucinating. You hallucinated, so. yeah. But all five of them very clearly state, oh, we had the same dream, the same flashback, whatever it was. So surely your first port of call would not to be go, I'm gonna I wonder what happens if I touch the shiny glowy rock. Like what could possibly go wrong in this in this world of basically magical creatures, right? And we know like, rocks from space are dangerous. Maybe she wanted superpowers. Maybe that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, she, she'd watch Chronicle. That's what it is. Yeah, she thought she was going to get superpowers. Um, and basically, this all comes to a head where Mew rocks up and 
like goes Mew. to town on them. Kind Can of I, like, <laughs> basically, yeah, like Mew. So Mew battles the two Orishifu, which we have seen overcome the Regis yeah. with, with ease, like knocks them out in a handful of attacks. And then Blue thinks the best strategy is to fight it, whereas Go summarizes that it's just messing around. It, 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 and I'm not, I'm not quite sure if Mew is messing around or whether or not it is seriously thinking, yeah, these people have invaded my land. They've enraged these Pokemon. They've done something to my crystals, and now they, now they, they come into my home. You like, come to my house, you touch my rocks, <laughs> you kick my dog. <laughs> this, honestly, it's what it, feel, it feels like. The more about this episode, the more I think, like, it's that meme of, are we the bad guys? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, they've just come onto this island, messing stuff up, disrupting this island that probably hasn't had visitors maybe ever. And then Mew is just there to protect because Mew, like Mew doesn't hold back. Mew one shots what, like 20 Pokemon? Yeah, like, something stupid. Wow, just like, but it doesn't even like this isn't just even the trainer's Pokemon. It knocks out the wild Pokemon as well. And what we what we get is, like you said, like go just kind of, hey, it's me. We're cool. And Mew's like, yeah, we're cool. Like, okay, Mew, <laughs> like, because, like, like, the more, so when I, the, the only other time I've seen Mew is in, like, properly see its characteristics, its personality, is in the very first Pokemon movie. And it comes across as childish. That's, yeah. that I've always, it's, it's a, it, like, Mewtwo is, like, it's the younger Dark of the two. brooding. Yes. And Mew's the playful personality. But this episode, like, if we're like, talking about a D and D alignment scale, it's chaotic neutral, right? So Mew wasn't always supposed to be cute and childish. Okay, right. So there was a radio play that came out before the first movie, and basically Mew kills a person. Wait, what? Mew okay. like lures um a person up into the mountainside. And you hear her last uh, radio signals out of like, I found it. I finally found it. And then she just like falls off the cliff. And it's implied that Mew just straight up took her up there to take her out. <laughs> because oh. because yeah, chaotic neutral is the way to put it. It, yeah. it is so powerful. And we've seen it throughout this series at the beginning. It's like <laughs> one-shotting Needle King and stuff with its own moves. It can transform into these legendary Pokemon, copy all their abilities, copy their signature moves and stuff like that. And it's just got no concept of humanity Morals? or yeah. people or life in general. Um, there, wow. There's, there's, there's. It's got like, it's got that element of chaos god amount amongst it, where it's just like, yeah, cool. You want to battle? Let's battle. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. stop. It does, it does feel very much like. So my, my question then is: the rock that came to Earth. Was it a rock or was it actually a prison that contained Mew? And another civilization. Mew's just an exile from an other. <laughs> all, all of the Mews are happy and everything. And Mew just gets this. This Mew is so chaotic neutral. gets sent to Earth as a prison and goes, I'm a little bit bored. I'm just going to create a civilization. I'm gonna and then I'm just going to torture it for generations to come. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, like I I love Mew as a, as a everything about Mew. 
I love, I love its design. I love its, you know, ability to learn all these TMs. I love its playfulness. And this, these episodes, I don't think they're good episodes. No. But Mew, like, the, I'm like, you know what? I'd happily get a series following Mew around, just having, like, hijinks and just, like, not understanding things and just messing around. And just as it does that playful little laugh, as it's like, oh, I just caused a forest fire. Isn't this funny? Did <laughs> I do that? <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like. And, like... Yeah, and like, and the the episode wraps up with you know, um, Mew teleports them down to the bottom of the island. Go holds out his hand and says his catchphrase, and then Mew just appears on his hand. And I'm not gonna lie, for a moment I thought this mother's gonna catch a Mew. I honestly yep. thought for a moment it was ah, I've done my goal. I, Ash got to do his, and now I get to do mine. Isn't this great? And I'm. I'm glad they didn't go down that route because, like, it's one of those things where he hasn't earned it yet. He hasn't earned it, but it's it's like for for me, like I, it's it's infuriating because, like, I so want or so wanted a series that followed Mew because of just how different it could have been from Ash in terms of wow, we get a, we get to follow a protagonist that doesn't care about the gym battles and the fights, but he will fight when need be. But his his whole arc is about, I just want to find out more and explore. And could you imagine being able to find out more about, you know, as he goes on these journeys and the Pokedex entries and like finding out like things from the Pokedex entries that you always thought, oh, that's, that's a bit weird. Like elephants mentioned in the original games and things like that. And just like expanding on the lore of Pokemon and if we'd have caught that Mew, that would have been the series that I wanted to see because I would have been okay. like, okay, right, he's caught this Pokemon. Like, I don't want to step away from this character now because Mew, a whole series about Mew, who it is, its origins, what it's been up to all these millennia. Like, there are so many stories that could be told. So I'm glad that he didn't get that Mew because it also opens up issues within continuity of surely that is something that would be talked about on TVs and interviews and, like, so I'm glad they just went... Well, I don't but... know, because, like, Horace just shows up with the Verizion. Yeah, I, I completely glanced over that, and they, there's not even a conversation. It just lets you go, oh, that's a, that's a Verizion. Yeah, I got oh. a Verizion. And, and, and Go even pulls up his Pokedex. It's like, Verizion. It worked with Copelion and Terrakion to save the universe region. <laughs> yeah, no, and now no. he's got it. He's got yeah, it. Yeah, all right, he's whatever. got it. Um, it's, it's, it is like... <laughs> these episodes... Because I, I, I kind of want to... Do you think it's a good enough end to Go's arc? Do you think it ends Go's arc at all? It just feels like go filler episodes it doesn't feel like like this this whole project mew thing is bizarre because like i get why they introduced it and it made sense in terms of okay how do we get go to go from wanting to find mew to finding mew in a way that didn't feel like it's coincidence so we have yep. go work towards it which i completely on board with like yes get go on this journey to finding mew completely on board with that but 
I just feel like so many of these episodes with Go have just been handled so poorly and he's had character development, but the character development he's had hasn't been shown. It's almost like he has a moment in those episodes and they they don't show it. They they say it's like, oh yeah, I should have worked together from the start. But then we don't see that in the episodes that aren't centered around Go and his journey. So like that character development for me is almost only in those Go-centric episodes. Yeah. I mean, by the end of this, he earns Gary's respect. And I don't know if he ever does anything to actually earn it other than be like, hey, guys, I don't think we should probably fight Moo. That might be a bad idea. And then he joins in the fight anyway. Anyway, yeah. Like, for me, that should have been He doesn't almost... stick to his guns. No. Like, for me, that should have been... So, you know, in the very first... Should have been Ash running into the battle and hitting, getting hit by both sides. Yes, 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 yes that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, yeah. it, that should have been his moment of, you know, they're battling Go and, uh, sorry, they're battling Mew and just Go just goes, no, this is, this is, this is wrong. This isn't what anybody wants. We're just confused. I need to find Because he does kind of do it. He runs out there and Mew uses hyper beam and it's like, oh no, you're going to die. And he just stands there and he's going to take it. And Mew calls the hyper beam off somehow because Mew. Because it can. So they kind of tried, but the conviction wasn't there. No. He he was willing to follow along first and then go, right, I'm going to try my way now that we've got no other options. Yeah. For for me, and maybe the reason they didn't do this is because it, it, it's probably more suited for a movie. But like for me, Project Mew should have been, the twist should have been, yeah, we're going to clone it. And the, the what Go gets at the end of that is, listen, this is what we're doing. We're going to clone this Mew. We can give you a Mew. We know you want a Mew. Like, help us out. And Go makes the decision of, yeah, I do want a Mew, but I want it on my own terms. And I know, I understand my morality and I'm not standing for it. I'm going to stand yeah. up to you. And then, and like, uh, that, this is me spitballing on the moment. I'm sure there are better ways to write it and stuff like that. But like, for me, like this, these episodes didn't do enough to kind of go, this is the culmination of Go's arc. Because this is ultimately what it is. Chances are we're not seeing Go again. This is the culmination of his arc throughout three series and 120 episodes. And it doesn't feel like culmination. It just feels like, like this could have happened multiple episodes ago as filler. Like yeah. it, 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 it feels like this should have been a TV special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It should have been a sixty-minute-long TV special, and yeah. it, it you can you can feel the budget restraints. You oh, can you feel can. that they spent every single penny on ash's final battle and i'm glad they did but it's rough the yeah. amount of still shots in this yeah. where action should be taking place well, it's, it's like <laughs> it it takes me out of it yeah it's like the part when they are in when they're experiencing the creation of all life and that should have been this amazing kind of whoa look at this and like there are parts where mew and go were flying and it is literally just the pngs just like Let's just wiggle them just a little bit to make it look like they're flying. Like, it, it, like it's so disappointing because, like, Go is one of those characters where, like, 
if I had to make a choice between Ash and Go, I'm picking Ash every single time. But that's because they've they for me they've squandered their opportunity with Go. Yeah. And I still maintain that it shouldn't have been Go. It should have been Hop. And then you have Hop's journey of I'm gonna be Leon's rival too. I'm this isn't this isn't what I'm good at. I'm good at like as the game hints, like I quite enjoy the research side of it. And then he leans into that. Like that's what this should have should have been. And then at least it would have been a case of I can understand why Hop isn't going to be the main character of a series moving forward because like he's a he's he's a, he's in Galar. He's he's part of Leon's story, and I completely get where's like Go is this anomaly where like, why can't we follow him moving forward? And the only reason I can think of is because he hasn't been as popular as maybe they thought he would be. And but that's he, their fault, I think. That, yes. That's my that's my problem with this, is because, like, there are elements of Go that I really do enjoy. There have been standout moments for him and his character where I've gone, it isn't just an Ash copy, because that's what I thought. Like, I was sold on, and I was told that, like, Ash takes the mental role in journeys and go is the is the up and coming train and i thought that's the transition maybe but that isn't what we got at all what we got was ash just being ash and go is coming along from this different angle but they they and then you get chloe and instead of like and i've got no problem with having three protagonists but it feels like the stories were all like individual stories were all written by different people and there was no through line for them all and and almost like especially with go he feels written i was going to say written by committee but committee implies that they're at least communicating doesn't it feels like lots of different people have written lots of different parts of his story he kind of takes a step forward and then two steps back and will kind of change up his character depending on what the story requires at the time and he'll learn a lesson but forget it very quickly and but then will later have remembered how to do it's frustrating it, I'm it frustrated is. with Go because I expected better. I hoped for better. Yeah, and, and like when the when we did the when we had Ash's story and he was you know doing the Masters Eight, I was glad that they didn't do what I thought they were going to do. Of okay, one Ash episode, one Go episode, one Ash episode to kind of like balance the 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 constraints on the team. Yeah, but what we got here is almost worse. Because it's kind of like, Ash's story's done, and now we're going to do Go's. And I was like, okay, if they're doing that, then there must be something special about these Go episodes. But what we get are two episodes that, to be honest with you, should have been before the Masters 8. Because because it's a lit down now that we've seen the Masters 8. Yes, exactly. It's kind of like, here's Ash's story, which I could understand if Go was going to be the main character moving forward. But you'd want to do that. It would make sense because then you give Ash his, his finale send off. Then you give Go some really strong episodes, and then you go, okay, here's Ash and Go separating ways, and it's a passing of the torch. Yeah, but we don't get that. <laughs> what we get is two really poor Go episodes, which also, like, if you'd have told me, oh, we're getting Blue back, it's like Blue Gary back, I would have been, this is amazing. But like, outside of the initial times he appears like he was really disappointed in this like what did he contribute yeah. what did he add like he threw water crowd on what more do you want well yeah like he climbed a mountain yeah and then complained about it yeah 
(laughs) And then got to the top and went, wow, this is Tabletop Mountain. And it's like, buddy, you're looking at like four trees. (laughs) <laughs> no, what's going on here, mate? Like, come on, you like Viridian Forest has more trees than this island. Um, it's it's a shame. It, it it is a shame because yeah, like the more the more we've uh, now that we've pretty much finished journeys and looking at it as a whole, it's I wish what ultimately what you want from any tv show or any entertainment is it's great throughout but it's very rare that you get that you get peaks and troughs of entertainment of quality of you know exciting moments and stuff like that but i'd rather have if it was if it was three series of loads of good stuff and then those occasional standout moments i would have been happy but what we've had is a lot of average in terms of quality or story or just episodes and then you get those moments of wow that was really good but there wasn't enough good to kind of balance out the season and what you're left with is it feeling like more and more that there was so many filler episodes where things didn't matter and i get part of the reason why is it's you know it's aimed towards children and it's a serialized weekly show i i get that but like at least give us a strong finish and we couldn't even get that. And that's the thing. It's it's a serialized weekly show that runs 50 episodes a year, nearly. And we are starting to see, or at least for the last couple of weeks we've been watching it, we have seen the ramifications of that. And I don't think it was worth it. No. Uh, and it's it's a shame because like I think... And I, and, I, and I get why they've done it, but it feels like there's enough good content throughout all three seasons to make one one really strong season. Do you know what's really bad is Game Freak, Nintendo, and the Pokemon Company will never, ever allow it to get made. But there's a really good abridged series in here. Yeah, no, I, I agreed. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. And, you know, if you shuffle a few things about, like having... It still blows my mind that we got the Eternatus subplot at the end of the first season, and then we get yep. nothing until it just randomly appears at the end of season three to recharge Dynamax bands. It, it like, but you can't shift that because Lucario and Cinderace evolved. Yeah, it it's it's so weird that because like what I get that they need to keep pumping out Pokemon stuff. Like I I. I get why they need as a company to do that and why they do it. But there is enough Pokemon back catalog in terms of anime that you could go, let's cut down on the number of episodes and, you know, six months of the year is new Pokemon anime and the other six months of the year is, oh, let's go back to Johto. Let's go back to Kanto. Like, let's show all these old episodes. And there'd be value in that because there'll be some children or adults like me that, I've seen some of them, but not all of them, because there's like, what, over a thousand episodes or something like that? Yeah, I'm way more than that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, do that, and then the quality doesn't suffer. And I'd imagine, like, reruns don't exactly take a lot of financial... Like, they don't put financial pressure on your company, do they? I'd imagine. Uh, no, like, no idea. I, it, it, it just... If you're going to introduce new characters like Go and Chloe, like... Do something with them. Do something with them and give them a chance to shine. And it it makes me think that the only reason Ash is so beloved is because of nostalgia and not necessarily because he's he's 
I, like if you had Ash in this season as a first season protagonist, I'd imagine we'd be having the same complaints with him as we've got Chloe and Girl. <sighs> the problem is, no, no, I don't think so. Because I'll talk about this more next week off the back of the next couple of episodes, but we end this season with Go finally becoming a protagonist. With him yeah. finally saying, I'm going to start doing things. I'm going to be an active character, not a reactive one. Yeah. He has been dragged around this entire series by Ash going, let's go here. Let's go there. Let's, let's do this. Let's do that. Oh, this is how you behave around Pokemon. Let me teach you this. Let me teach you that. And then he joined Project Mew and got dragged around by Project Mew. And he, he didn't deserve to be on that team. No. He didn't. No. No. I mean, I, the, he he was lucky to get through where he did, but what did he provide? Oh, he provided the little psychic scanner that immediately broke when everything broke. Yeah. So I just, I wanted more from him. We didn't get it. They're not well-made episodes. They're not well-produced. The writing is lacking. And the whole thing's a big shame. But we've got two episodes left. We're going to wrap up the story between Go, Chloe, and Ash. They're going to part ways. And then we've got Road to be a Master. And then we're done. That's, that's journey's over. It's been a weird ride. Yeah, it... There have been high. There have been, there have been highlights. I, I, there have been elements that I've absolutely loved, and it's been great to come back and see Ash's journey. But I can't help but feeling now that it's pretty much. I, I have seen the last two episodes. Um, but like seeing it as a whole, like, I could like if you turned around and said, yeah, I don't want to do the anime episodes anymore kind of feel like i'd be okay with not watching an the pokemon anime like see do you know what's funny is having watched the first couple of episodes of horizons yeah i think it fixes so many of the problems that we've had with journeys what is like we is that the initial and then it's gonna slow down and become filler as it goes on that's what i'm worried about it feels like right okay because it, and I said this, it feels like months ago when we first announced this, is that like by the the benefits and disadvantages of going right, let's cut Ash and we're going to focus on new protagonists. And one of the benefits is it feels like a clean slate. You people can use it as a jumping on point. They don't need to have seen all of Ash's journey or part of Ash's journey. They can jump on at any point. The downside of that is you run the risk of people going, well, it's not about Ash. I don't care. I this is like it's Ash's jumping off point. It's also my jumping off point. So what you need to do is find a way to go new new people that haven't watched the anime and people that are considering leaving the anime. You need to get both of those people engaged in a new series. And obviously, what you don't want is to deliver lackluster episodes one, two, and three because then people will just go, "Yeah, I was right." Ash, Ash jumped off, I'm jumping off, or people, new people going, oh, this is what the Pokemon anime was all about? Yeah, it's it's not as good as a lot of the other, you know, animes that are out there. So my worry is exactly what you said of, you know, we're going to have four or five, six episodes of, oh, Pokemon anime is, is top notch, back on its game. And then you start to see a lot of the same issues crop in of, you know, writers uh, coming out and just going, yeah, you know, it's right strike, 
not paid enough to produce this. You've got the animators going, yeah, we, we're overburdened. We haven't got time to do all this. And then it starts to drop off. And I, I hope I'm wrong because the screenshots and the GIFs that I've seen of, her, of Pokemon Horizons, like, oh, it, lo it looks absolutely phenomenal. It looks like it's more grown up as well. Not to the point where it's for adults, but it feels like, you know, uh, they realize that the people that love Pokemon have aged up a little bit. And therefore, yeah. you know, you can uh, you can address some of the more serious stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. It's just infuriating that Go, like justice for Go, like justice he, for go hashtag justice <laughs> for go honestly yeah yeah anything else you want to say about these two episodes no i think we covered it yeah let's uh let's move on to the next section connor you up for playing a game uh was i supposed to do it this week no i've done it so just in fantastic case. good <laughs> because last episode you got zero out of three but then by some oh no i got three i got four out of three you got four out of three somehow i don't know how it happened <laughs> but you got four out of three but this week can you can you keep up this winning streak so for those of you that don't know i have three pokemon with three pokedex entries each but can kind of spot the fake entry now there is a theme this week we are going to be doing fossil pokemon so i hope you've you know you know your stuff so we're starting with aerodactyl entry number one it was regenerated from a dinosaur's genetic matter that was found in Ambi. It flies with high-pitched fries. Okay. Entry number two. A ferocious prehistoric Pokemon that goes for the enemy's throat with its serrated saw-like fangs. Final wow. entry. This fearsome Pokemon was once the king of the ancient world. Thanks to its strong jaw, it was the apex predator of the skies. Second one. Second one. I'm afraid it was the third one. Was it? Yeah, okay, fair enough. As you were reading it, I was like, mm, that one? No, no, stick to your guns and failed. Okay, nice. At no <sighs> point did you think it was the first one, because it mentions dinosaurs. I know, but that, again, stuck out to me as a case of, <laughs> it says dinosaurs. Okay, so that's why he's added that in there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that first one was from Fire Red and Leaf Green, but it's also taken from... It's a red and blue one, yeah. Yeah, which also mentioned like elephants and stuff like that. But honestly, that first one, you could say it's from Jurassic Park because it is. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be. That's the whole point of it being from Old Amber and stuff like that. It's a, it is a direct reference. Mm -hmm. So the second Pokemon is Tyrantrum. Entry number one. Thanks to its gargantuan jaws, which could shred thick metal plates as if they were paper, it was invincible in the ancient world it once inhabited. Entry that number one. two. Bite marks found on Amora and Aurora's fossils show that Tyrantrum could crunch through bone. And the final entry, complete restoration is impossible, allowing room for theories that its entire body was once covered in a feather-like coat. <laughs> Good one, isn't it? That oh, no. One. Oh, no. Any ideas? Okay, so this is where I'm at. The first one's a little bit wordy, and that's why I'm, I'm leaning towards it. Okay. But that third one feels very like, uh, I want it to be true. That's the worst part about it. I want that yeah. to be real. No, that the worst thing is that can't be true because we see in the anime, like they go and they find a Tyrantrum and it's, it's not it's not revived. It is just Tyrantrum. Oh, you're going to get me again with the Pokedex being wrong, but it's a correct entry. It's the third one. 
it's the second one is wrong, I'm one. afraid. The second one is wrong. Oh. The second one was actually an entry that I took from the Natural History Museum about Tyrannosaurus Rex and changed it slightly. Nice. Thank you very much. Yeah, very, yeah, very yeah. good. I like yeah, that a lot. Yeah. So apparently so there's some uh, some Tyrannosaurus Rex used to bite, be able to bite through the bones of, it mentioned two other dinosaurs I can't yeah. remember the name of. Um, okay, so the third and final Pokemon is Bastiodon. Entry number one. Puncture marks on fossil remains show that male Bastiodon used their horns to fight each other, probably to impress potential females. Now, no, no, that one. Let me finish. Okay. Entry number two. <laughs> I feel like you're just taking it from the Natural History Museum of, like, Triceratops now. Okay. okay. Entry number two. It lived in the same environment as Aramparados. Their fossils have been found together, seemingly from after they'd fought to the finish. Can you say and that again for me, please? Okay. It lived in the same environments, environments as Aramparados. Their fossils have been found together, seemingly from after they'd fought to the finish. Entry number three. I'm sorry, I can't get over you saying Rampardos. Is that how you say it? I don't, I've never had to pronounce it before. Rampar Rampardos. Rampardos, yeah. Ramparados. Ramparados. A Ramparados. Like, where's the A come from? I don't know. Uh, this, uh, entry number three. This Pokemon is from roughly 100 million years ago. Its terrifyingly tough face is harder than steel. Sure, let's go with the first one. You are absolutely correct. Okay. I I took a Tyran, a Ty, the, a T Rex, and a no, Triceratops. Tyrans, Triceratops. You're absolutely right. I took that, adapted it, and like Bastidon doesn't really have horns. But I was like, no, no I'm I'm gonna. Is that what gave it away? I uh, no. It was only because you told me what you'd done with the T Rex one that I was like, I can hear it now. Okay, can you? Okay, so. Well, well done. You got one out of three. I'm still quite happy that I've flummoxed you on those. those first like two. it wasn't even it wasn't even a case of, you know, I guessed one and not the other. It was the, I was 100% convinced that the ones you came up with were real. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So let's move on to comments and questions. Regular Tony has written in to say that he's had a fabulous weekend with his friends where they caught a live band. So his question is what's your favorite live band or concert experience? So a lot of the bands that I used to watch were more at festivals. Mm -hmm. um, I used to do Reading Festival back in the day, uh, Boomtown I've done, and I can't remember the other one. There's another festival in there somewhere. Um, Enter Shikari is a band that I've seen many, many times. They have put on like one bad show out of all the times that I've seen them. It's usually pretty good. Um, however, one of the bands that will always stand out in my mind is Madness. And if you don't know Madness, they do like Our House in the Middle of the Street, Baggy Trousers. Oh, yes! Um, baggy yeah. Trousers. Old, old, yeah, old, old school ska music. Um, saw them live and it was torrential downpour all weekend. Madness came on played baggy trousers and suddenly the sky parts the sun Whoa. comes out and they're like there you go a couple of old guys brought the sun out for you let's dance That's and it brilliant. was just such a fun show you know it was one of those where you've got lots of people who are dancers and rockers and people into their like edm and lots of different music but 
everybody showed up for madness. <laughs> wow. It was good fun. Good, good. I, I'm trying to think which ones stick out. So one of the ones that sticks out to me is uh, the band that I've probably seen the most live is The Killers. Um, nice. And there was one gig that I went into Manchester where we got five songs in and it, like Brandon Flowers, the lead singer, was just like... And they all just walked off backstage and were just like, what the heck has gone on here? Anyway, eventually the, the manager came out and just said, yeah, uh, gift cancelled. We'll be offering full refunds. Uh, won't be making any other comments at this time. Anyway, came out uh, a couple of days later that basically was suf suffering from a throat infection. Right. And then when I then went back to watch the, the rescheduled gig, they basically changed the set list. So the first five songs they did in the gig they cancelled with the last five songs in reverse. Okay. Uh, what's it? So it... So in Manchester the first time, it started with Mr. Brightside, and then in the rescheduled gig, it ended with Mr. Brightside. So it was like really, it was really nice. Really enjoyed that. Uh, another band that I like is, and no one will have ever heard of these, Little Man Tate, who are absolutely amazing. Saw them in uh, the Sugar Mill, which is a little local indie place uh, where you can fit like 200 people in to watch a band. Absolutely amazing. Then they split up and we didn't get to see mm -hmm. them again. And then they came back after COVID for a gig in Sheffield. And it was just like, oh, wow, this is like 15 years ago. And I'm listening to this band that I thought I would never listen to again. And then the final one, and this is a bit similar to yours with the sky opening. I went to Leeds Festival. This was over 12 years ago and um, went to the silent disco on the Friday. Yeah. Finally got back to the tent at like two o'clock in the morning. And the next day I was ill. I was horrible. I was throughout the night i was shaking i was gaming hot i i something obviously happened and i wasn't i i basically the next day I had to drag myself down to the to the arena and then just lying there and imagine dragons come on which is is arguably my second favorite band after the killers like those two i change over and you know radioactive comes on they got the big gong and it healed me and i'm not joking I was fine after that band came on. I was absolutely okay. I don't know how to explain it, but it was just like my body just went, no, you're good now, get up. And I was I was fine. And nice. I, I, I just can't I I don't know what happened. It just happened. Okay, I'm not a, I don't believe in God or anything like that, but like a miracle happened that day. <laughs> and um yeah, and like they like they are probably three my three favorite like seeing a seeing a a band and really enjoying it and really getting into it but i did go one the other month where we actually sat down and you know what as a man of 34 I it's get lovely it. isn't it i get it <laughs> I could, and you know because like i've gone i used to be that person where i'd go with my friends and be like right okay we get there two hours before the band come on you're queuing then they open up the gates you rush to the front of the arena and then it's like well we can't go out for drinks now and if you go out for a toilet like you might not see good us luck. till the end like good luck um Whereas I went to see, oh, who who was it? I went to see. Uh, I want to say Panic at the Disco. I think. Okay. Um, and my mate got the tickets. We got there in um in Birmingham, 
And it was great because we we're like, oh, we're sitting. So we got chips, we got drinks. And then it was like, oh, the starting five minutes. We should probably go sit down. And we just <laughs> wandered in and sat down. And it was just, oh, I was like, oh, this is this is actually really good because I can just have my coat over me. I've got a drink and I'm just sitting down and I'm just enjoying it. My legs don't ache at the end of it. My ears aren't ringing. I don't have to worry about if I need to go to the toilet and not being able to get back. It, oh, sitting at a gig, I, I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. I miss mosh pits a little bit. But so, I'm, I'm an old man now. <laughs> so I was, I, I, funnily enough, when I was at Leeds Festival one year, I saw System of a Down. Yes. And that had a, one of the best mosh pits I've ever been in. It was really weird because everyone else there was wearing what you'd expect people to mosh wear, wear a lot of black and stuff like that. And I'm there in this, basically this white shoot of a telephone box that's 3D printed to pink, blue, and yellow. And I just must have stood out like nobody's business but like oh moshing system of down absolutely amazing and then one year i went to see lincoln park and there was no mosh pit and i was really confused yeah couldn't understand why the only reason i can think of is a lot of the people that maybe used to mosh had grown up with lincoln park and were just there to like oh this is nostalgic back in the day yep. i don't want to mosh so i was really surprised by that because i had a mate that was there was like it's gonna kick off it's gonna kick off like an hour later any second now, I said, mate, it's not kicking out. Like, there's no. going to be no mushing going on. See, um, I still remember Reading Festival. We had, you know, the big towers where all the, like, all the TV cameras and everything yep, sit because yep. you have the BBC coverage and all that kind of stuff. So you got big towers down there. And we were watching Bring Me the Horizon. And basically a circle pit started and if you don't know what a circle pit is it's basically a bunch of people stomping around in a circle but these started and suddenly you've got one going around one tower one going around another tower and then they just kind of fused and you've got this <laughs> huge pit just encircling quite a large radius around these towers insane could you imagine if you're working in there and just not knowing it just be like the people are doing something and I don't <laughs> like it. They're doing one of their rituals again. I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> we put, like, what years did you go Reading? 2011, 12. Yeah. I 2011, I went, 2012. I think I might have went Leeds those years. Was Foo Fighters one of those years? Was that Foo Fighters was headlining, yeah, one of the years. Yeah, yeah. I so think I, there was I, Foo Fighters one year. There was Muse another year. Yeah, yeah. So we went the same, th same thing. festival, but festival, the different, different location. Different locations, yeah, yeah. Um, would you would you do a festival again now or? Oh, absolutely. Would absolutely. you? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Boomtown is one I'd check out if you haven't done it already. It's like I don't know how to explain it. It's literally they create an entire town out of nowhere for a weekend, and oh, wow. as well as there being lots of different music going on, there is because it's not it's not like arenas or stages it's just you have stages throughout the towns and all the town is themed and there are actors just walking around being part of the town and there's a whole story going on about like uh, a, a government that's being overthrown by the rebellion and it's insane it's what? so good that's amazing this is this sounds like westworld are you sure it wasn't westworld no 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 no. straight up boomtown look it up it's nice. uh actually restarting last year or this year they've started the story again after covid wow. so okay 
Check it out. Like that. Sounds amazing. If you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, by leaving us on our Discord channel, by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on Twitter. And that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at Cap Fidget. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoenn Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoenn on Twitter. As for the Golden Rob Podcast, you can find us on the usual platform. Search for Golden Rob Podcast on YouTube or on your usual podcast app. Excuse me. Oh, <laughs> leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. We're leaving that in. See ya! <laughs>